such a fitting experience that we just had because I don't believe that the Holy Spirit shows up and you can be the same way. I believe by his mere presence that things have to change just because he's in the room, amen. Somebody say he's in the room. And if you will humble yourself to his heating, everything that you need will be in this room. But you have to submit yourself, amen? And so I pray that for each person who is in attendance on today, that you receive a blessing by just the mere fact that you're in the room with the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to, if possible, we're going to turn to Acts, the 17th chapter, and we'll go through the first through the sixth verse. And we'll put special emphasis on verse number six, which reads, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. The scripture in its entirety reads from the first Verse, now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom, was went into them and for three Sabbaths, reasons with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and a great multitude of the devout Greeks. And not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out, of, bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down, have come here too. And the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and doers of his most holy word. And for the time that we have remaining, I'd like to speak on the topic of an uncommon turn of events. An uncommon turn of events, amen? How much time we got? I think we can get 20 minutes or so in, 15, 20 minutes in, amen? An uncommon turn of events, amen? When we use the phrase, turn the, turn the world upside down, the dictionary tells us it, it means to change someone's life completely, to often in a way that is shocking or upsetting. And I believe that in 2020, I believe that God has given this uncommon people uncommon assignments that will turn the world upside down. The purpose of which is to produce an uncommon change of events in the lives of those who are looking for something different in 2020. Amen, 2019 is gone away and we don't want 2020 to look like 2019, amen? And so these assignments, they will shock the system. They will be assignments that will upset some people and upset some things, amen? Assignments for service and not status. Not attention seekers, but glory seekers, amen? 
The Lord says, for thou shalt go out to all that I shall send thee, and whoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. And I believe that God has inserted some of us, I believe all of us, in our lives and into places, and in certain places, because you are the key that he will insert to, a, to he will insert into the ignition to start change. It's time to shift into gear. Tell somebody, it's time to shift into gear. It's time to shift from park to promise. God is going to use you to turn some things upside down. Amen. God is inserting you to disrupt and to cause disorder to the plans of the enemy. We are to wreak havoc on the enemy as he has tried to do in so many of our lives. We are to upset the natural order or the way that the world works through the spiritual order or the way that the blood works and the name of Jesus works. Somebody needs to know that the blood still works. What can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. The spiritual order is that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Amen. Of things in, in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What does that mean? That means that not only does he rule, amen, but he overrules. When there's an attack on my body, his blood overrules. When there's an attack on my mind, his name overrules. Why? Because cancer must confess that Jesus is Lord and dry up. Depression must bow down when the name of Jesus is invoked. Amen? You may be battling depression. But I need you to know that, as Pastor LaShawn said a couple of weeks ago, that the name of Jesus is a war cry. Sickness may not respond to treatment. But it must respond to the name of Jesus. Amen? Somebody need to get excited about that. That the blood of Jesus is overrules in your life. The name of Jesus overrules some things in your life. The blood of Jesus says, not so. The name of Jesus said, no, not today. And so we must adhere to the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Amen? I don't want to really get into this word too much because I believe that the way that the Holy Spirit showed up in this place on today was miraculous and amazing, amen, and I don't want to trample on his toes, but I do want to just get a couple of things out the way, and the way that we are going to disrupt some things is because we're going to use the message that Jesus gave us. Jesus was a disruptor. By his very nature, he was, and if you don't believe me, Luke 12 49, well, it was with the 49. It says, I've come to start a fire on earth. How I wish it were blazing right now. I've come to change everything, to turn everything right side up. Amen. And so Jesus didn't come to make peace. He came to shake some stuff up. And so as we look at Paul and we look at Silas and they're on their way to Thessalonica. Amen. And, and as Paul so was apt to do, he goes into the synagogue. And the city of Thessalonica was a free city, but the people were bound. And the enemy had us believe in some people that you're free, but you're really bound. You go to church, but you're bound. You try to get a prayer up, but you're bound. You try to go forth and worship, but you're bound. Amen? But I love this about 
Paul because what he does, he, he's, he's doing the same practice that Jesus did. And in Mark, the first chapter, we see that Jesus, is, he goes into a synagogue. And as he's teaching, amen, they said that when they, he's teaching, he's teaching with authority. He's not teaching as a scribe, they say. And I need you to understand that that's important because scribes were lawyers. And Jesus was coming as the judge. And I need you to understand that when Jesus is in your, is in your favor, Jesus is in your favor. He rules in your favor. Amen. I'm still here. I'm still alive. I'm still blessed. Why? Because God favored me. The enemy tried to take me out, but God favored me. I almost lost my mind, but God favored me. My life took an uncommon turn because Jesus favored me. Amen. And so what he does is he, he goes in there and he say he, he's teaching with authority. And, and the next thing, there's a man who has an unclean spirit in the synagogue. And Jesus tells the man to be quiet. He tells they got to come up out of them. And so for some of us, we need to understand, we have to quiet the voice of doubt in our life. We have to quiet the voice of guilt in our life. We have to quiet the voice of shame in our life. We have to quiet the voice of generational curses in our lives. Generational curses that are trying to claim your children. Saying, I got your baby, I got your son, I got your daughter. But we need to use the authority that God has given us and tell the, and tell the devil to shut up. <laughs> when he tries to speak guilt, you tell him to shut up. When he tries to bring up shame, you just got to tell him to shut up and get out of here. Amen. You have no authority in this place. And I said on before that Elijah, he said that there will be a drought. And there will be neither rain nor dew unless I say so. And I need you to understand that God has given you the authority and the power in your life to release things in your life. Don't hold up your blessings. Amen. I have the power to speak blessings over my children. I don't care what the devil said. Shut up. <laughs> My children will be what God has called them to be. I will do what God has called me to do because God has given me the authority. Amen. So we have to quiet the voice of the enemy. Amen. And so as we, and I'm trying to get this thing all together and get us out of here by 12 o'clock. Because I know some people like to eat, and we're about to get ready on this fast, amen? And I want you to have a uh, last supper on today, and I want you to enjoy it. Because for the next seven days, it's going to take everything in us, amen? Can I see by a show of hands everybody who's going to do the fast? I see some people ain't raised their hands. All members of Harvest Worship Center. We're going to do the fast. Let me see. Let me see your hands. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Now we're talking about an uncommon turn of events, and we see Paul. And one thing that Paul did was Paul's approach was was first to reason with the people. He began a dialogue with them. Amen. 
He engaged them in conversation first. We have a lot of people who want to preach to the people who won't even talk to the people. There are people who say, I, I, I've been called to speak to generations and to speak to big crowds, but you don't speak to little people. <laughs> How do you expect big crowds to hear you when little people can't hear you? What does a big crowd consist of? A bunch of little people. So if you can't talk to little people, how are you going to be effective talking to a big crowd? Amen? People want the pulpit, but you need to understand that your life is the pulpit. Everyone has a pulpit. And your messaging is how you live your life. Everyone is a minister. Everyone is a preacher. Everyone has something insightful that they can give to somebody. Amen? The second thing through the scriptures that Jesus did before him, Paul, through the Holy Spirit, gave explanation in all you're getting. We ought to get what? Understanding. And I believe that there will be an uncommon change of events for a lot of people when you get an understanding. And this understanding is this. In the Colossians 2 and 15, it says, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public example of them, having triumphed over them through the cross. What is that saying? He's talking about the enemy. He said that he beat the enemy so bad, Jesus beat the enemy so bad, he put the enemy to shame. And he's parading the enemy out and shaming the enemy. What does that mean? The shame that you had has been transferred on the enemy. And so every time the enemy tries to shame you or try to guilt you, he's projecting. Why? Because you already got the victory. <laughs> but you don't understand and you don't believe it. And so he's trying to fool you, Amen. And so that's why the enemy is so mad, because he carries the shame of losing. In Philippians 1 and 28, it says, In no way be alarmed or intimidated by your opponents. Why? For such is a sign for them of destruction. That means that you need to have unflinching faith, because when you can stand in the face of your enemy and you are not intimidated or alarmed by the enemy, he understands that he already lost. He already lost. He's playing a game with us. But when we are confident in what we believe, when we are uh, uh, bold in what we believe, the enemy flees. <laughs> the third thing, Paul gave evidence in Scripture proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is our Lord and Savior sent by God, born of a virgin, died, rose, and ascended into heaven. And so what he's saying is he's, he's, he, he, he's speaking of the resurrection. And we need to understand that the message of Christ is one of resurrection. In our ministering to the lost, we are introducing a message to bring the lost back from the brink of death. In Ephesians 2 and 1 says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. We are witnesses of the resurrection, y'all. What resurrection? The resurrection of what God brought you back from. The resurrection of what God brought you out of. That's why we are those of the resurrection. Amen? We are, we are witnesses of who Christ is. And we need to understand that the covenant that we, the covenant that God made with man in the beginning, we broke it. Man broke the covenant. A covenant, it, it, it means there's oaths. There's an oath on one side, there's an oath on the other side. And the Hebrew word for oath has a meaning that says to put oneself under a curse. We are therefore placing ourselves under a curse to be damned if we don't damned 
if we don't keep our part of our oath, if we don't keep our word. God binds himself to the covenant as well. But God is so good. Listen to this. God is so good that when man broke the covenant, God became man and became a curse, a curse for us in order to make his covenant, make us his covenant family and fulfill the terms of the covenant. Not only did he fulfill his part of the covenant, when we came up short, he covered us. He became what we couldn't become to do what we couldn't imagine. We'll never know how much it costs to see him on that cross. And even in our wrong, in all of our wrong, all the stuff that we did, he still loved us enough to come to earth to become man, to become a curse, to take the penalty of sin that we did against him. Who else would do something like that? What kind of love is that? That he would take my place. I offended him. And he took my place. I turned my back on him. And he took my place. I sinned against him. And he took my place. Somebody need to be, come on, y'all. And so Paul, is he's sitting there and... and He's doing all this, and, and he begins to preach this to the people because now they're accepting of this. And as a result of him preaching this, it says that the scales fell from the eyes of some of them, and they gained the ability not only to see but to see anew. They saw a new revelation to the scripture. They saw Jesus anew. They saw their lives anew. They saw their purpose anew. They saw their calling anew. Things got turned around and things got turn, turned upside down when Jesus was introduced and they saw who Jesus really was. Amen. And so the enemy, the, those of the Jews who did not want to accept this and wanted to believe this, they began to get intimidated. Amen. And, and I need you to understand that when the enemy can't control you, he tries to control those around you. And so that's why we have to pray for those that are around us. Because sometimes it's hard enough for us to carry the anointing on our lives, to, call, to carry the calling on our lives. But it's also heavy for those that are around us as well. And so the enemy will begin to attack when he can't get you. He'll try to attack those that are surrounding you. That's the enemy's plan. If I can't get you, I get the one that you love. I try to get the one that you adore. I try to get your son, I try to get your daughter, your sister, your brother, your husband, amen. And so I need us to understand, and, and I'm about to close because I'm condensing this, so we're going to get out of this. But there's three things that we need to un understand in this uncommon season for our uncommon assignment, for uncommon revelation, and, and, and uncommon vision. And the first thing is that if we're going to turn the world upside down, we have to prepare for uncommon warfare. You got to prepare for an uncommon warfare. The enemy does not play fair. Amen. But our thing about uncommon warfare is that we have to ask God for uncommon wisdom. When we look at Solomon, Solomon was an uncommon choice to become king. Who was birthed from David, who was also an uncommon man to be king that you would look at. And he was the smallest one. Amen. He wasn't. 
the cutest one as, as women would describe it. What y'all say, cute? What, what y'all call men? Was he a snack or a meal? <laughs> Neither one? Well, David, David was an uncommon man that was called by God, amen, and he had a son named Solomon. Solomon was an uncommon man uh, called by God. And Solomon knew and understood the breadth and the depth of what he was called to do by God. And what I loved about Solomon was he could have asked God for anything, but he asked for wisdom for the people. And so in this time, y'all, we have, we have access to God and can ask God everything in this world. He will give us the desires of our heart. But we have to be prepared to ask God for the right thing for the right results. Uncommon warfare, uncommon wisdom. Amen? The second thing is that if we're going to turn, if we're going to turn the world upside down, then God will stir up the gift that, that is on the inside of us. But by him stirring up the gift on the inside of us, it's going to stir up the attention of the enemy. If God's going to make you great, you got to get great warfare. You can't wake up the people without waking up the enemy. Amen? And so in our assignments of doing what God has called us to do, warfare is going to be intense. Warfare will be intense if we are to accomplish what God wants us to do in 2020. And the last thing is if we're going to turn the world upside down, we must learn that knocking down walls of adversity will open up doors of opportunity. Paul was someone, and before he even got to Thessalonica, he went through other towns trying to preach the gospel. And he faced intense adversity. But in all those things, he fought through it, and he still had opportunity to bring people into the knowledge of who Jesus was. And so what I'm saying is that although you may face Intense opportunity. Although you may face rejection and disappointment, please know that you are being effective. You might not get the results that you're looking for, but I tell you what, if in, the, the, in this place, if one person receives the message on today, then God is glorified. We got to quit looking at the reactions of people. We got to quit listening to the conversations of people. We get, dis we get distracted so easily by people. And we're not sent here to please people. God has given us assignments, amen? Prophets, and I was talking to my brother on yesterday and, 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 and talking about prophets. And, and Paul had just came from a place where he was beaten and he was jailed because he freed a young girl who had a spirit of divination, a spirit of divination. And those that had control of her got mad at Paul. And so the enemy always get mad when you're looking to help someone get free. And so the spirit of divination is one of witchcraft, amen. And we look back to Saul and Saul had uh, uh, he had put out all the people of God from around him, and he had forsaken the, the uh, word of God. And so with that being said, there came a situation where an army was coming to attack Saul. And Saul was looking to God to give him an answer when he had turned his back on God. And it said that God would not speak to him. He would not show up in the vision. He would not speak to him. 
and said that, that Saul turned to a woman with a like spirit. He turned to a witch. And the witch told him, God used that witch to tell him the truth. He was looking for an answer that was going to appease him. But God gave that witch an uncommon vessel, gave that witch the truth to tell Saul. And what I'm saying is this. There are prophets and there are people, sorcerers, witchcraft, things of that nature. And you have to be careful of who you're listening to because there are some prophets who prophesy and their words have not come to pass. A prophet speaks to the inner person, a real prophet. He speaks to your soul. He speaks to your savings account, not your bank account. And so if all you're hearing is prophecies of getting money, you're still going to hell. How am I sitting up here and I'm doing everything wrong up under the sun, and you tell me I'm going to my mailbox and I get a check for a million dollars? Where is the compunction for me to change my life? Prophets speak about direction. They speak about correction. Those who are not prophets who speak those things speak about money all the time. It's about money. It's not about what, it's not about getting you right. It's about them being seen being this high and mighty person. But that's not how God works. First of all, you have to have humility. The words that God resists the proud, amen? So you have to humble yourself enough to listen to God. You have to pull away from some people. You have to pull away from some things to truly hear from, some, from, from God. There are some people in here that have prophesied to me and Pastor LaShawn. And they have been dead on. In the midst of this congregation, God has given people in this congregation gifts and anointings. Amen? And we trust those voices. Whose voice do you trust in your ear? If you're going to change your life, if you're going to do the miraculous, the incredible, and see those things, who's speaking in your life? Who's around you? Y'all, God has given us the ability, and God is wanting us to go out and to speak to people who don't know him, who are searching for something but know that they're searching for him. Just as Paul opened up the scriptures, he was able to show them who Jesus was and why Jesus was. When people look at your life, can you show them who Jesus is? Can you show them why Jesus did what he did for you? Can you explain? Can you put it to words? It's all about apologetics this year. Being able to defend your faith. To inform people who Jesus is. That's what 2020 is about, amen? So people can see more clearly who Jesus is. It's not about money. It's not about cars. It's not about houses. At first, what the Bible says, first seek ye what? And everything will be added to you. 
We're putting stuff out of order. <laughs> We're looking for everything but God. <laughs> but in 2020, y'all, let us all seek God. Seek to please God. Seek to make God happy. Seek to fulfill the calling on your life that God has given you. And I guarantee you that in 2020, there'll be an uncommon turn of events when we focus on the right things and get our minds off the wrong things. Y'all, I hope this word blessed you. I pray that the Lord keeps you. I pray that, pray that the Lord blesses you and that favor will forever fill your pantries. <laughs>